I think there's so many ways you can make a difference. It can be in government, in business, in NGOs. You have to start with yourself first. For me, it's very important that I live according to my own values. When they align, I'm very happy and I can do the work, even though it's hard, sometimes long days, very difficult subjects. But if your values align, then you can keep on going. Welcome back, everybody. Rich Brubaker, founder of Collective Responsibility, and this is the Sustainable Ambassador podcast. Through this series, I speak with sustainable ambassadors around the world about the work they're doing and how they got to where they are. Today, I'm really excited to have the LGBTQ plus lead for Dutch government. I met her in Shanghai when she was vice counsel in the economic department, and we were doing a lot of work on sustainable issues, helping the Dutch business community navigate what was happening here. It's great to have you with us. If you wouldn't mind, please give a proper introduction to the the community. Thanks, Rich. My name is Anne Rose, or in English, Anne Rose Wasser. I'm uh, 33 years old, working for the Dutch Ministry of Foreign Affairs, indeed previously in China, but now in the Human Rights and Multilateral Department in The Hague, responsible for the portfolio called Equal Rights for LGBTIQ+ persons, because that's one of our human rights priorities as the Dutch government. Concretely, that means I work with a lot of NGOs, businesses, other governments, ensuring that LGBTIQ plus persons get the equal rights that they deserve. We do that, for example, through working uh, with NGOs in other countries, supporting them, funding them, also working with other governments through the United Nations, for example, or the European Union, the Council of Europe, and making sure that uh, the equal rights of LGBTIQ plus persons are adhered to there. As a start of like, what's the state of affairs? What are the issues that you are looking at? What are the issues that are of importance right now? And then what are you trying to accomplish in your role? Well, I would say till 10 years ago, the human rights situation globally across the board was improving because of decades of human rights uh, work and funding to human rights organizations. But the thing is, yeah, the world looks much different today. Um, I won't go into too much detail, but we do really see that also in the in the field of uh, LGBTIQ plus equal rights. Countries, uh, organizations, uh, religious actors, they are trying to undermine the equal rights of LGBTIQ plus persons. And we call is the uh, anti-gender and anti-LGBTIQ plus movement because this is what a lot of organizations and some governments are focusing on. So what we are trying to do is really strategize with other countries, with other human rights organizations on how to basically hold the fort for human rights issues because there's a big battle going on. What are some of the specific maybe challenges, issues, examples that you're seeing of where it's struggling or what are some examples that we can go back to and say, okay, we need to fix that? For example, countries like Poland or Hungary, there's strict government policy actually limiting the rights of LGBTIQ plus persons. And that is also going against human rights treaties and uh, the European values. What we also see happening in our several countries in Western Africa, where you see that there is very terrible anti-LGBTIQ plus uh, legislation already there or being made um, or being intensified. So what we are doing over there is working again with local um, civil society, human rights defenders, LGBTIQ plus persons, to lobby and also actually uh, harnessing the power of business because businesses are saying, hey, we have international offices also in your country. You mm -hmm. are discriminating against LGBTIQ plus persons. Well, maybe we will move our office if that happens because we also have right. a responsibility. We as a government, we try to bring all those actors together um, and supporting uh, common strategies to counter such um, yeah, developments. Yes, yeah, so I was going to ask, like, what, what is the role of government here? Because NGOs, I know, to be pretty clear, like they're going to be yeah. activists, identify 
identifying the issues, really talking about it publicly, but what is the, the work or the role of the governments um, in this space? Bringing different actors together because we have a network in the NGO world, human rights organizations, businesses, you name it. Um, so you can provide a space and say, okay, we have a we have a common issue, let's work together on it. Very practically, you can also provide as an embassy, for example, a safe space for activists working on things. You can provide a safe space in the embassy or in a consulate or to uh, make common strategies on tackling those human rights challenges. I would say also the role of government versus other actors is that you are working on standard setting, human rights standards through the United Nations, through the EU. Yeah, I would say those two things are the most important role of governments. Looking at your work, you said you have a portfolio. What, what does a portfolio mean and what is your actual job on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, I think portfolio, what the, the word we use, it would maybe be similar to an account if you work in business. <laughs> so my account is, yeah, equal rights for LGBTIQ plus persons. So anybody can come to me if they want to talk about that. When it comes to our foreign policy, because I work at the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. And yeah, what it concretely means is I work on uh, funding, on diplomacy and on cooperation with different actors. Business, NGOs, United Nations, you name it. How did you get started in government uh, and and why? Yeah, by accident, actually. (laughs) uh, I studied history and then I didn't know what to do after. So, And I did Mm -hmm. an internship at the Dutch embassy in Tel Aviv. Then I actually ended up liking it a lot and I applied for the diplomatic training program. And uh, yeah, yeah, I rolled into it, but it was never a long-term plan or a long-term strategy. I just uh, took it as it came, actually. And if it's taken as you come, what, what keeps you going along the way? Is it just the opportunity to move around and see amazing places and have great food? Or what, what's, what keeps you going in terms of the, the job? What I like the most is that you, you can move every few years. And it doesn't always have to be uh, abroad because right now I'm working from the Netherlands. But you get to change jobs and do a, a totally new thing every three to five years. So the challenge that you get to sort of reinvent yourself every mm-hmm. few years. Yeah, that's one thing that keeps me going. But I think... I think also sort of a red thread throughout my career has been uh, making an impact in the field of human rights. Okay. My, my master's thesis were also about the human rights situation in Bahrain. So mm-hmm. it's that's actually what, what feeds my heart, that I feel I can make an impact and uh, do something for others in, in other countries. How did you get into human rights to begin with? And then why is government the best vehicle for you to have impact right now? Yeah, I think human rights as a theme is... Because I think it's a very clear tool to make sure that people are treated equally. And that has always been something that I was very interested in from a young age. So yeah, I think human rights provide a framework to make sure that everybody's treated equally. Why government was the best vehicle for, for right, that. Right. Yeah. Or for the best vehicle for driving impact. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's, if it's the best vehicle. I think it's a powerful vehicle because governments, they have a lot of influence, they have a lot of funding, but they also have their limitations, right? I work at the human rights department, but the main job of the Dutch Ministry of Foreign Affairs is to promote the interests and the safety and the welfare of Mm. the kingdom of the Netherlands, of the Dutch citizens. Mm -hmm. Number one priority is not to promote human rights in other countries. How does that limitation become something practical for you and limitations around your work or around what you would hope to do? How do you 
how does it become an obstacle or how does it become a challenge? And how do you try and navigate through that? Whether it is about um, cooperation with another government or with other, uh, with NGOs or speaking out about certain things, you always have to weigh all the different interests that are at play. And um, yeah, that is something that that I have to do as well, uh, yeah. also in coordination with other governments. Um, and you cannot always do all the things that you want from a human rights perspective if you work at a government. You cannot, you have to make choices. If you mm -hmm. don't want to do that, if I would not want to do that, I would have to start working at a human rights organization um, because then you can always um, yeah, speak out clearly, for example, about things that are happening. But we also have to indeed keep into account trade relations, bilateral uh, issues. So there's a lot of different interests at play, a lot of things that can also not necessarily be shared publicly. So that's also difficult sometimes as a government because people think that if they don't see something happen publicly, that nothing is happening, mm -hmm. which is not true because there's always a lot of diplomacy happening, of course, uh, behind the scenes. Well, isn't that maybe an advantage also of over, say, business or NGOs that you have that ability to be above and below the line and be talking to the same organizations, to the same stakeholder. But, you know, publicly you're saying one thing and you're, you're making some progress, but then privately you can you can make a different level of progress because I feel like business and nonprofits it's it feels very different for me and how you make progress when you see an obstacle but the way that you described it it's a little bit I won't say easier but it's different and have you looked at that do you view it the same way perhaps government's diplomacy can also be a little bit slower than business sometimes I think mm -hmm. business of course the main yeah uh uh, the main priority for business is to to make profit or to increase value for for its stakeholders. Yeah. That also limits bureaucracy. If you move a little bit slower, mm -hmm. then how do you view the work that you're doing? Are you trying to make a, like accomplish things on a quarterly by quarterly basis, or are you looking yeah, much good longer and like the glacial yeah. move? Sometimes find it uh, yeah difficult because I don't think you can measure social progress uh, always in those kind of you know categories mm -hmm. um, and we are really more focused on indeed the long-term perspective because again for governments we want we want welfare we want stability we want uh, human rights uh, but those are all things that you you cannot just you know accomplish in a day in a year in in several years actually so we really take a long yeah a long-term view and that's why, for example, also our human rights programming is usually around five years um, so that we can really in those five years uh, see what's happening and then steer in another direction accordingly when needed. How long are you into yeah. this job? About one year now? Yeah, it's a year and three, yeah. four months, something three, like three that. Months. So what do you want to yeah. accomplish at the end of the fifth year? And how, how do you then break that down into things that you need to be doing this year or this quarter? Yeah, I hope that in the next five years, through the mostly the funding that we do and the cooperations that we have with other actors with the same agenda, that we can uh, hold the fort, like I said, the global pushback on uh, equal rights, on human rights, that we can make sure it doesn't get worse. And then secondly, if we can have less countries where LGBTIQ plus people are criminalized for who they are, who they love, even if it's a few countries, I'm already very happy. And that's, I think, what we should continue to do and what I will do in the next uh, three to four years. So what are the kind of organizations that you work? You mentioned NGOs a couple of times. Are you dealing mm -hmm. with the activist organizations, the programmatic organizations, and how does your funding help them? Is it capacity to building or is it 
more event or say program specific? Well, we have two uh, big strategic partnerships. One is called Free to Be Me and the other one is called Power of Pride. They are both run by a consortium or an alliance of uh, NGOs from uh, the Netherlands and from uh, the Global South. And they are together active in around 30 countries. And uh, these two grants, they are actually the largest LGBTIQ plus grants ever given. So making the Netherlands also the, the biggest donor for this topic in the world. And um, yeah, we work, we actually work through them. They do the, the work and they work with local organizations and they give, for example, trainings indeed. So capacity building, they do re-granting, they do advocacy at the UN, bringing the knowledge that they're getting in these countries to the United Nations and to other governments. And then we have a few smaller uh, ones that are still uh, running, not small in nature, but smaller in grant size, uh, with Outright Action International, for example, um, AstraEA, Amnesty. You, you went from human rights to economic development back to human rights, but mainly focus on LGBT. Why did you leave Shanghai to get into this? And why, why focus on this group or this issue in particular? In Shanghai, uh, through the Dutch consulate, we were uh, focusing on diversity and inclusion trainings, for example, for Dutch businesses. Mm -hmm. And part of that is, of course, also providing attention to, your, to the diversity in your workforce, for, so LGBTIQ plus people as well. And so I got into contact with some people working on that. And yeah, they really inspired me so yeah. much and then i saw this job uh, become available in the ministry and i was like this is it this is what i want to do yeah i was ready for something that could make a more positive impact as well and yeah this topic as the netherlands uh, is really one where we can make a difference making a difference what does that what does that mean to you what are you hoping to accomplish yourself through this through this current position or through the career you've been having i think it's just easily summed up as saying being a good person to my environment in a personal, more personal sphere, but also doing good things, um, yeah, in the human rights department by making sure that we all stick to our own values and that we keep doing the work that we're doing. Also, knowing that the political environment in the Netherlands is also becoming less supportive of human rights. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, again, holding the fort. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's not very inspirational, I know, but the, the the situation of the world when it comes to human rights, it's so it's so difficult and so yeah. uh, under attack that I think holding the fort is already a very big accomplishment. This is where I keep coming back to: why do you choose the work that you do and in the medium that you are? We're all trying to make progress, but you've chosen this path and you found this department, you found this portfolio, like, you know, if you're a young professional and you want to change the world, part of what I'm trying to figure out is how do you, how do you make the best decisions? You know, it's, it's getting more difficult, not just maybe within your own government, but within others. How do you mm -hmm. keep yourself motivated? For me personally, I keep motivation by trying to see the positive developments always. Um, and that can be very hard, but you can remind yourself of that by uh, digging into literature or uh, documentaries, talking to people um, and getting your inspiration from others that are doing positive work. I think there's so many ways you can make a difference. It can be in government, in business, in NGOs. Maybe we should also be a little bit selfish because you have to start with yourself first, right? You have to right. do something that is, uh, that, yeah, makes you, makes you tick, makes you happy, makes you want to go to work. So Mm -hmm. Yeah, I and I actually just followed my heart and my intuition, and that brought me into this job. But it could have just as well been another job. But 
For sure. me, it's very important that I, yeah, that I live according to my own values, personally mm -hmm. and professionally. When they align, I'm very happy and I mm -hmm. can do the work, even though it's hard, sometimes long days, very difficult subjects. But yeah, if your values align, then you can keep on going. What do you want to achieve through this job over the next three to four years? Stable long-term funding for LGBTIQ plus organizations. Because right now it's only maybe 10, 12, max 15 countries that really fund organizations. And you can only do the mm. work if you have enough funding. Yeah. So um, yeah, I see that as a job for myself and other colleagues that we can continue working on that and, and incentivize other governments and other businesses actually, mm -hmm. because businesses can also use their you know, CSR, RBC uh, profile um, and their work to actually directly fund uh, LGBTIQ plus organizations, for example. So, yeah, I'd like to focus on that in the next few years. So 10, 12, 15 countries. How many do you want before you leave? Well, I think it's already a big accomplishment if we if we have three more <laughs> because it's been the same wow. 10 to 15 countries for yeah the past 20 years. Um, yeah. So, you, so sometimes you have to start small, you know, um, think big, but start small. So then what's the work involved in converting those three? Like, how, how do you approach that? Well, we approach that, first of all, by sort of getting those governments uh, into um, international coalitions that we have. For example, the United Nations LGBTI core group or the Equal Rights Coalition. So bringing more countries in and sort of yeah, getting them in the group and saying, okay, this is what we do. Let's work on it together. And then you can build from there and intensify your bilaterals or your one-to-one -one contact with these countries. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, really invest in the relationship and try to find common grounds in the human rights things that you work on. Um, yeah, I think that's a good approach to start with. Are there, and are that's common... already a process of years, actually, if you think about that. Yeah, but are there common obstacles that you run into whenever you're trying to engage someone who's maybe even they're, they're close? They just can't get across the line. Like, are there some, is it just the money or is it? what the politics or what what's the yeah. common obstacles i mean it depends indeed on the on the budget that countries have for their foreign policy or their human rights programming and that of course is decided mostly in, in parliaments and yeah parliaments politics change every uh, few years so it's very much yeah in that sense you can't really influence it that much so um, yeah, sometimes you also have to be a little bit flexible in the coalitions that you have and bide your time. Yeah, I know a lot of people in international NGOs, and they they feel kind of the same way sometimes. Like you really you ebb and flow with the times in a very different way than someone in the marketplace, a, a business leader would. Um, they're really mm -hmm. just, they're going to hammer through, or they're going to pivot to something else. But you don't really have that luxury, do you? You, you really have to stick with it. I see governments as sort of big, super, super big ships, oil, oil tankers, maybe even. Mm. And of course, when the political wind changes, the direction changes, but also not always that much. Some things will always yeah. continue. And so, yeah. yeah, I take I take comfort from that, that we are actually it's not all the way from right to left and then back again, which I think it, you might feel it is in the moment. Right. But if you step back and look, you can say, OK, look. It, it shifted, but it's not a seismic shift. Yeah, and that's where, where history is helpful. Because if you look back, you, you can never really know what's happening when you're in it. But if you yeah. look back, you can see patterns and you can actually take comfort in knowing that uh, social change, it happens slowly but surely. 
Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that gives me that gives me the motivation to continue, even though it feels you're being attacked from all sides. So, well, using that as the springboard for my last question, the patterns of history. Uh, what tips or recommendations would you give students or young professionals who are looking at, you know, sustainability as their passion, but mm -hmm. view a career in government as their medium for change or their vehicle for change? What tips would you give them as they're preparing to? enter or accelerate a career through the government space? Yeah, I would recommend learning another language than your own native language or beyond English as well. Uh, if you want to do any work in a government or a United Nations or related agencies, it helps if you know one of the six official UN languages. So invest in that. Um, get experience outside of your academic pursuits. So if it's a charity, a board, a student association, anything that uh, also helps you train your management leadership skills, working with other teams, that's always super helpful. And I think reading uh, as much as possible mm -hmm. and traveling, if you can, if you have the means for that, um, can really help you broaden your, your perspective, your, your views and give you a lot of depth um, that you cannot get from other things. I think those are my three tips. Well, thank you very much for your time. Greatly appreciated. So yeah, thank you too. It was fun.